Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. Hey guys, welcome to the basement. I think I pissed off an NFL legend. A guy you know, I know, who is now in broadcasting and had an amazing career, won a bunch of Super Bowls, uh, is coming at me on Twitter and is coming into the basement today to settle the issue at hand. I'm not going to tell you who it is. I'm going to tell you he has three Super Bowl rings. I'm going to tell you not much else. But he heard one of my thoughts down here in the basement, and he's got beef, I think. I'm not sure if he does or not. I know he's coming on shortly. We will leave it at that. Stay tuned. I love what's going on. There's Trey Lance rumors everywhere that the Niners may be interested in trading him before the draft, during the draft. Don't know. Uh, There's one thing about the biggest draft prospect in this draft that I hate and I'm sick of hearing, and so are you. And we have to talk about another guy who's going to be drafted next week who almost ended my life, who might have actually improved my life. I had a wild experience this morning firsthand, and I mean actually in his hands with a massive draft prospect. It's what we do here. It's what I love. It's what I hate. And it's what's hilarious. All right, Trey Lance, you knew the deal with him, 49ers quarterback, hurt last year, shocking draft pick a few years back, and now there's going to be this weird thing with Trey Lance and Brock Purdy and who the hell else, who else, Sam Darnold with the Niners, who are always good, but always are snake bit when it comes to the quarterback. All right, so report I saw from the rap sheet that the Niners are receiving offers or calls, at least inquiries, about trading Trey Lance. So I love it because it's sexy as hell, and it's big time in the draft, and maybe one of those teams up top could do with a Trey Lance trade. Instead of doing a draft pick for a quarterback, does this affect C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, Hendon Hooker? Does it even affect Bryce Young? We don't know. But I love the chatters out there about a guy who was a, I don't know, not famous necessarily, but in a way pivotal quarterback with what the Niners represent, and right before the draft. I love this. This is fun little gossip, guys. The hot goss. Eight days before the NFL draft. So immediately when you hear this, you're saying, hmm, what would be the tastiest? Who could trade for Trey Lance and thereby have it dictate their future and their draft plans for next week? So just a couple of names. What if it's the Patriots? What if Bill Belichick wants a more mobile quarterback and he's, as I've said many times, he is not just going to lay down and die and hand over the keys to Gerard Mayo and then go out on his boat. I do think Bill Belichick's going to do something dynamic at the draft. What if they traded for Trey Lance? What if the Colts did it? Now the Colts maybe are not as dynamic or as sexy as the Patriots in a way. Colts have the number four pick. What if they said, we're going to go with Lance and we're going to build around him and we remember him coming out a few years ago and we liked him too, just the Niners went up and grabbed him. We're going to go with Lance and we're going to trade away the number four pick or maybe just pick a defensive player, okay? Texans. Texans, Texans, Texans. Everything I'm hearing now as we get closer and closer is that maybe, just maybe, the Texans do not want to draft a quarterback at number two. That D'Amico Ryan wants to build defense, he wants to get the best defensive player there, or maybe trade the hell back, but they don't want to spend that super expensive draft pick on the number two quarterback. Maybe C.J. Stroud, we don't know who else. They decide, we're going to trade for Trey Lance, and it's probably going to take uh, a day two pick, maybe a third round pick. You get Trey Lance, you run him out there like he's a rookie, but with more experience, kind of like Jordan Love. 
you take a great defensive player at number two, or you trade everything for someone else can draft a quarterback. Texans makes sense. Now here's the one. Here's the one, my friends, in the Trey Lance rumor mill. If I could pick any team to trade for Trey Lance before the draft, and certainly during the draft, it's the Ravens. If the Ravens do it, then, then we're cooking. Because then they say, oh, Lamar, you don't want to sign the tender? You're requesting a trade? You won't give, accept any of the long-term offers we've made for you for two years? We're going to start over with a guy who needs some work but is crazy athletic. He can run, he can throw, and we're going to go to war with him. And we're just going to trade a day two pick and we're going to get him. And then we're out. Now that would be something. That would be sexy as hell. So my four teams that just really blow my hair back, Patriots, Colts, Texans, Ravens, inquiring to the Niners about trading for Trey Lance. But the take here, as it pertains to the 49ers, is I hate that they would even consider trading Trey Lance. I hate it. Don't do that. Are you crazy? I look at Kyle Shanahan. I look at Jed York. I look at John Lynch. Guys, don't do it. You need, if nothing else, as many warm bodies at the quarterback position as you can possibly accommodate on your roster. They should go six deep at quarterback. With what they have been through year after year, with what they went through in a ridiculous NFC title game in which it was over in the first five minutes because all their quarterbacks got hurt. And they're like, this isn't even a real game. The Eagles are gonna win because we can't have anyone who throws a pass. You guys should be having a half dozen quarterbacks on your roster. You should not be trading anyone who plays that position. You should not be jettisoning quarterbacks. You should be adding them. They got Brock Purdy, who is hurt, and we'll get to him in a second. They got Trey Lance, who is recovered. And then they got Sam Darnold. You might think, well, that's uh, too many cooks in the kitchen. No, it's not. They have a giant kitchen. They should have 50 cooks. It's, it, it's one of these things where if you look over the last few years, if they could have only had a healthy quarterback from start to finish, like most teams do, they may have a Super Bowl right now. So A, you just need bodies. Don't trade Trey Lance. Not only because you traded everything you had to move up and get him and would already be giving up on him, you need him. There's a chance you want to start Brock Purdy next year? Fine. A, do you even know he's good for good? I mean, in perpetuity. He had a crazy Disney movie streak about for a couple of months in which he just couldn't miss and couldn't lose and then he got hurt. Are you positive he's not going to come back down to earth next year? Because he may not be the best quarterback on your roster. That, plus he's injured and he couldn't throw a pass. Don't you dare. San Francisco. I'm normally saying, screw it. Trade him. You know what you got. You got to have guys there. You don't know if Purdy is good. You've seen a lot from Sam Darnold on a few different teams. He's never been good. Trey Lance at least could be good. You don't know. Nobody knows. Hold on to him. If Trey Lance wants to leave, I'm lying down in front of his car. We may need you, dude. We don't know when it's going to happen. Maybe week three, maybe week 13, maybe the Super Bowl. Our quarterbacks will get hurt. It just happens. Don't do it. I never want to see that 49ers-Eagles title game again. It was supposed to be the best game of the year, and it was the stupidest and weirdest game because the 49ers quarterbacks couldn't stay in one piece. I don't care who calls you. Unless they make you a ridiculous, stupid, offensive offer for Trey Lance, and they won't, why would they? Don't trade him. I don't care if you start him next year. He'll be starting eventually. He's a 49ers quarterback. They get hurt. That's what they do. Don't do it. But if you do, trade him to the Ravens. Next, what I hate. All right, raise your hand if you're sick of hearing about Bryce Young's height. I'm up. I'm sick of it. I, I don't care. I'm not into it. 
It's a just a stock radio segment. Go to the phones. It's a stock TV segment. I did one of them this morning. I'm going to go a little bit further. I hate hearing about Bryce Young's height. I don't really want to hear about any quarterback's height for the rest of time. I think we are done with that as a topic. It's our duty in sports media. The guy who looks like he's going to go number one and he's unusually short compared to most other quarterbacks. We have to sit here and say, now, is that going to be a problem? Will he be able to see over the lineman? Are there going to be batted passes at the line of scrimmage? It's just what we do. It's in our fabric, but it's dumb. It's just like if someone sets the world on fire at wide receiver and wins the Bolitnikov. When he comes out, if he runs a 4, 5, 6, 40, we say, can he really separate from coverage? Does he have that next level NFL speed? He just had 1,900 yards in college and you don't want to draft him. It's the same thing with this Bryce Young height. So let's just put this to bed. I'm not going to talk about it anymore here in the basement. I understand complaining about something as a topic and then talking about it as a topic might be hypocritical, but I'm doing a public service here. Stop talking about it. Stop wondering about it. And here's the reason why. Okay? This idea that the linemen are going to be a problem is going to be constantly throwing balls off the back of their helmets and all those big mitts of the defensive linemen are going to throw down his tiny little Lilliputian passes. It's not going to happen, and I'll tell you why. First of all, Bryce Young last year, let's just take one game. We could take any. Let's take Alabama versus Tennessee. A game that Alabama lost, but in which Bryce Young threw for 455 yards. 455 yards. The height of Bryce Young's offensive lineman in that game. The heights go like this. 6'5", 6'4", 6'3", 6'3", 6'6". He threw in 455 yards. Now, on the other side of the ball, on that Tennessee defense, the defensive lineman on that squad, their heights, 6'3", 6'3", 6'4", 6'5". He threw for 455 against that. And you might be saying, well, hold on. They're even bigger in the NFL. I looked. If he goes to Carolina, I looked at the depth chart right now for the Carolina Panthers offensive line. Half of the guys on their line right now, the Panthers, are shorter than the guys on Alabama's line, including both tackles. So not only will it be more difficult for Bryce Young, it might actually be easier going to the pros because the guys in front of him are shorter. And you might say, well, what about Kyler Murray? He was short. Let me tell you about Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is short. Kyler Murray started the first game of his first season in the NFL. In that first game, he threw for over 300 yards. In the second game, he threw for over 300 yards. It was instant comfort, downfield passing. There is none of this thing that some short guy is going to get in. All of a sudden, he throws the ball and it's six batted passes in a row. Bryce Young did not deal with that at all last year. It was a non-factor in the mighty, talented SEC. Watch his highlights, too. He's constantly in the shotgun. He's moving around. He's mobile. He's spry. This is not going to be his first drive. First and 10 for the 25. First and 10, batted down pass. Second and 10, batted down pass. Third and 10, he throws it off his own lineman on the back of the head, and it looks like the Panthers are punting. It's so dumb. I don't want to talk about it anymore. If we had a guy who comes in and is 5'1", and he is just fast and he's got a rocket arm, but he's about yay high, maybe we can have the conversation. But I'm done having it. It is an, a rite of spring to talk about short quarterbacks. And then we throw around all the names of Drew Brees and Baker Mayfield and Russell Wilson. I'm bored already. It is stock wrote sports media. I just gave you the facts. I just told you about the number one overall the pick. I don't care how tall he is. I care how good he is. It's not going to be a factor. Go ahead and draft him. I don't know if he's going to be a great quarterback, but I know he's not going to suck because he's a short quarterback. Let's move on to what's hilarious. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So there's a late riser uh, in these, as there always is. Hendon Hooker is the quarterback from Tennessee that everybody's looking at. But the defender, who is a late riser, and as far as I can see, is Texas Tech edge rusher Kyrie Wilson. All right? You got Will Anderson from Alabama. You got Jalen Carter from Georgia. There's this Texas Tech guy, Tyree Wilson, who is your classic pass rusher. He was on Good Morning Football this morning. Spent a bunch of time with him. I said, what, what do you refer to as your position? Do you say I'm an edge? He says, I'm outside linebacker, defensive end. I said, you say both of them. He says, yes, outside linebacker, defensive end. He's a smart guy. He's got everything together. And he is a guy who could go top 10, who could go top five. He is the, the, he's unbelievable. So I'm talking with him and we're doing the usual interview and I'm really liking him and he's, he's charismatic and he's professional. He's just huge. So Peter, he, he goes, I think 6'5", 6'6". I think 6'6". Peter asked him, how much do you weigh right now? And he said, about 272. And he said, What's your, what kind of 40 can you run? He said, 4.5. Oh, my God. So this is, this is a, a human machine, if that makes sense. This is a human killer. Just unbelievable genetic force sitting there. So we do a little bit, as we're prone to do on Good Morning Football. My bit, I mean like a little thing we thought of, where he doesn't know he's going to get drafted. So we said, you know, everybody hugs the commish now. That's the popular thing to do. First round picks, they come out and hug them. It used to be only a few. Now it's only a few who don't. So we said, why don't we do a little exercise where let's have Kyle stand up and read the draft pick as if you're being drafted and be the commissioner. And everyone else in the show can be your support group or your agent. And I'll read the draft pick and show, let's just practice. Let's rehearse this, how you're going to do the commissioner hug. And I have to tell you, it was a once-in-a-lifetime experience for me that did not go how I thought it was going to go. Let's take a look. It went like this. How we doing, Cardinals fans? All right, let them hear you. <laughs> <laughs> With the number Woo! three pick oh in the gosh. 2023 NFL Draft, the Arizona Cardinals select... Tyree Wilson, outside linebacker, Texas Tech. Yes, he did it. He made it. Give him the. Oh, oh my God! My lumbar is in my throat. Oh, that's a powerful man. Holy crap! Oh, that was awesome. That was great. I need a cigarette. That was amazing. It was amazing. Every once in a while, you need a little reminder of how powerful, strong, and gifted these athletes are. And ladies and gentlemen, my reminder was right here, in which me is being lifted up by Tyree Wilson like I'm a two-year-old. Like he is going to throw me up in the air and catch me at the beach. Like maybe he and someone else are gonna take each of my hand and say, one, two, three, swing! Listen, I am a grown adult man. I am about 5'11". I go about 215 pounds. 
I'm not some little kid. I'm a big, thick adult. He scooped me up like you would pick up a basketball. I was so overwhelmed by the, the explosiveness, the ferocity, and just the pure strength. It was nothing to him. And I'm way the hell up there. My shoes are at his hips. My head is about as high as the rim of a basketball hoop. I could not believe what was happening. You ever go to the county fair or a carnival and they have that thing where you sit there and the two elastic bands, you sit there and then they blast you up in the sky like that? That's what I felt. I thought that the exercise we were doing was doing a hug. I thought he was going to hug me in the role of the commissioner. I didn't know I was going to suddenly have a jetpack on. I, the, the speed from which I got to standing there to being up there like a two-year-old in a reverse baby Bjorn. I mean, it was like my exit velocity off the floor was like 90 miles an hour. I cannot believe how fast it happened. And I, we watch these guys constantly. And oh, I get it. They're fast. They're strong. And I get the privilege of being able to see them in person. They're always huge and they're always muscular. When they unload on you in any sort of athletic thing, you're like, this is a different type of human being. This is not having a strong handshake or having a six pack. It's the whoosh, like it's just, it happened so fast. I didn't even know what was going on. And I, it made me think like, if he wanted to throw me, he could throw me across the room. He could have thrown me so far. And again, like, I'm not a tiny person. And then I made me think of Bryce Young again. And I'm like, oh my God, what if someone picks up Bryce Young? What if Tyree Wilson picks up Bryce Young? Honestly, what if he picks up Josh Allen? I feel like he could throw him across the field. I just was so, and I'm not naive. I know that these guys are super strong. I, I get it. I make my living in the league. You know that. I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked. I was speechless. I just started spitting out whatever was coming into mind, but I, it wasn't making any sense. In a way, it was exhilarating, but it was definitely terrifying. If you've never, it's kind of like a few times I've gotten to play catch, just have a casual catch with an NFL quarterback. And it's just so unbelievable how they just huck that thing and how it's so perfect and so crisp and so fast and so tight in the spiral. It's like, yeah, this is very different from playing even with a college quarterback or an all-state high school quarterback. This is different. You know, I, I roughhouse with my kids. I played football for many years. I can't explain to you the ferocity with which that gentleman lifted me up over his head and how easy it was for him. Kyrie Wilson, Texas Tech edge, outside linebacker defense event. You know who else I thought about? Commissioner Goodell. Get ready, Roger. If he does to you what he did to me, I don't want to have a lumbar incident there on the stage. I don't want to have you airlifted because he may go for it. He wasn't even on the adrenaline that he's going to have when you call his name. We're doing some silly morning show. You're going to be on the big stage in Kansas City. Stretch. Brace yourself. Um, they say, you know, to, to, to be loose with it. Don't fight it. Just kind of go with it and let your body do I don't want you to get injured. That would be the first in the NFL draft history, an injury to the commissioner because Tyree Wilson picks him up like he's one of those wrestling buddies from back in the 1990s. Tyree Wilson, you are my new favorite player in the draft. I love you. I'm afraid of you. I respect you. Whoever the hell gets this guy, here's your new defensive end. Here's the opposing quarterback with the Mike Pack and the Jordans and the Banana Republic shirt lifted 20 feet off the air. I loved it. 
Tyree Wilson, you have my respect, you're my guy. But you know who else is my guy? Guys, we have big news right here. I'm hearing that he's here. I started the show saying, we have an NFL luminary, really, who has beef with me. It has to do with this. I'm going to put on my old 48 jersey and welcome him in, because apparently he is ready to go, and I don't know how this is going to go. Let's find out, though, who's stopping by. All right, so this is a treat. Let me just get you up to speed. A few weeks ago when the NFL announced that single zero would be allowed as a jersey number, it led us down this wormhole of jersey numbers and aesthetics and good numbers, bad numbers. It got us into this conversation, what is the worst jersey number? We asked you, we did our research, and we came up for several different reasons with the worst jersey number is 48, okay? For a lot of actual solid facts, like how many players have worn it, how many players have been successful wearing it, and I came out and I said it. Someone anonymously sent this a Bears jersey with 48 because I'm from Chicago with my name on the back. I still don't know who sent it. So we do our fun, we say 48, and some people complain, but some people agreed. Today, I see this tweet from 48 Royalty. The great Daryl Johnston says, wow, I didn't think Kai would bring so much angst against the 48. And he goes on to say that 83 to 06 was the heyday of 48 and lists 48 luminaries and makes the case, even drops President Gerald Ford's name. I was honored that Moose Johnson, number 48, would tweet. And I'm even more honored by this, ladies and gentlemen, making his Kyle Brandt's basement debut. Number 48 in your program, number one in your heart, Cowboys legend Daryl Johnston. Moose, what's up? How you doing, Kyle? <laughs> I'm doing great. I, I don't know if I should be nervous in addition to being grateful that you're here. You saw the take, the tweet. You proudly wore 48 for so many years. I just want to give you the floor, Moose. What would you like to say representing the 48 Nation? Uh, I think the big thing for me is I've never been like a strict number guy. I wore three high okay. school numbers. Um, when I got to college, I got a new number, you know, that I hadn't worn in, in, uh, in high school. And, and then the same thing happened to, to me in the NFL I actually wore 38 during my rookie training camp and then got 48 once we got back to Dallas. So, uh, I've kind of bounced all around the map with all the different numbers. So it, it's never been a huge thing for me. I I've always looked at it. If you get a different number, you know, make that one special, you know, find a way to do that one. So I, you know, I'll take it. I'm a, you know, I've, I've talked to people about numerology. So you take the number 48 and it's four plus okay. eight is 12, two plus one is three, and three is a power number. So there's got to be power in the 48, you know, at a deep, deep numerological level. All right. So you just got to work a little bit harder to get there. So Moose, this is funny because I come out and say 48 is the worst number. And I hear a lot. I hear from fans of, of Jimmy Johnson, the one in NASCAR, not the coach who was a 48 car, Tory Hunter of the Twins, this electric outfield of 48, and then so many Cowboys fans who are saying you're outrageous, Moose Johnson, number 48. Did it come to uh, symbolize how you played in the trenches, this, like, this number that not a lot of people have, or was it just a number, Moose, really, and you could have worn anything? Yeah, for me, it, it, it's just, it's the jersey, you know, Let, let's take this number and, and see what we can turn it into. It, it was kind of funny because the the fullback that started ahead of me in at college in Syracuse wore 48, yeah. Roland Grimes wore 48. So, uh, you yeah. know, it was a number, and it, I thought you made a great point too, In from a positional standpoint, where 
where really does 48 fit? You know, you, you look at, oh. you talked about the second corners, you know, big corners, big safeties. Um, you know, it's a number that kind of, you know, which is kind of unique, right? It kind of floats back and forth from the offensive side of the ball, from the secondary, you know, into the linebacker level, you know, across the ball, onto the offensive side, into the H-back, into the fullback. Yeah. So I, I, I think it shows a lot of versatility just by the people who've been wearing it over the years. Certainly versatility. I wonder, though, under that umbrella of that versatility, does it represent speed? I'm going to reference my friend Jason McCourty, 13 years in the NFL. His take was, listen, if we see a safety wearing 48, the offensive coordinator is going deep on the next play. Is that fair, Moose? That is fair. That is fair. There's not, there's not a lot of connotations to speed. Or or, uh, or or dynamic athletic ability. It's probably more of a power number, physical number, um, sure. tough. I mean, you look at the guys that that wore that we talked about in the tweet. You know, those were those were you know Wes Hopkins. You know that that that's a yeah. tough guy. Um, so I, I think there's that, you know that kind of that feel of a you know kind of a gritty old school uh, player is going to be wearing 48. You're not going to see a flashy guy wearing 48. You know, there, there's not going to be any end zone celebrations with a guy wearing 48. Well, maybe that's that leads me to my next question because the last Pro Bowler, let's go to the modern era. The last Pro Bowler to wear 48 was Don Mulebach, the legendary long snapper for the Lions. And that was five years ago. He went to the Pro Bowl as a long snapper. Why is it then, Moose, do you think, and you're a guy who, like, you're 48. You you are the guy of this of this whole half century who wears 48. Why do you think the players right now look at 48 and they're just, I can't. There, there's just not a lot of them. Well, I, I think you just nailed it right there. When the when the long snapper has it, that means there's an extra number laying around that nobody really wanted. I mean, the, the long snapper is way down in the pecking order when we're talking about numbers. Mm-hmm. It's not like someone yes. walks up to him and, hey, what number do you want? We'll see if we can make that work for you. It's like, here, take this. Nobody else wants it. So yeah, th- there's your classic example of, of a long snapper making the Pro Bowl wearing 48. I just think it's so funny that I look at your Cowboys teams, you know, Emmett, 22, and Mike's 88, and Troy's 8, and even Novacek was 84, and then in 95 you had Dion, and he's 21. Like Those numbers are all iconic. So you really fit into that, and what you're saying, you were the 48, and that was you. I want to ask you, I took it a different direction, Darrell, when I was trying to really prove 48. I said, 48, I think, was a really weird year in this country. We messed up the election. It was Dewey defeats Truman. No, he didn't. I also said, I don't like 48 as an age. Now, I haven't gotten there yet, but I look at this as 48, you're not in this silver-haired 50s thing. The kids are still in the house. Your body's breaking down. Having been through 48, w- was it a good year for you at 48 years old? Oh, it's tremendous. I've, got, I've, I've still got a picture oh. uh, in New York City uh, when 48 turned 48 at Super Bowl 48. So I'm born in 66. So my birth oh. year is the Super Bowl year. So I have my 50th um, at Super Bowl 50 in San Francisco. So I'll, I'll always try to find a sign on some of the big birthdays if I'm at Super Bowl and get a picture taken in front of the, the Super Bowl logo. So, uh, you know, for me, you know, you know, the 48 year was was fantastic. You know, I, I think it's, you know, it, and then you've got, you know, April 8th when you turn 48, that's another big one. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've had a lot of fun with it. You know, you, it, it is an odd number. I'll give you that. It, it's it, it's why I laughed when I when I first saw all this. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so funny because, you know, when when I had 38, 38 is it's not blazing speed, but there's some speed, you know, sure. 38, you know, George Rogers, you know, that, you know, there's some stuff there, you know, 40, 48 is a whole different monster. Once you get into that four, um, you know, and you're beyond 44, I mean, at least, you know, the 44 yeah. is 
you know, a ton of great players were in 44. So I, I, I really, uh, I really appreciated your perspective on it because there, there were times when I felt like that. And it was kind of that first one when I came back from training camp and I've got 38 and I'm like, well, this would be a cool number to kind of grow into because I'd never been in the forties. Sure. I was always, I was 10, I was 22 uh, when I was younger. Uh, but then when I got into high school, I was, I was, I was a 42 one time, but uh, that, that one still has some, yeah. You know that 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 still generates the thought process of of you know athletic ability and dynamic stuff. You know the physical stuff oh, with yeah. Ronnie Lott. Uh, you know, but sure. it's, it's like once you get past forty four. I mean, maybe, maybe we're just isolating forty eight, but I mean forty five, forty six, forty seven, and forty nine don't do a whole lot either. I you know it, there's there's this brotherhood in the high forties, and it's not great. And it's look you <laughs> forty seven is John Lynch, your guy. There's not a lot of forty nines, but at least forty nine has a whole organization named after that number. It's slim pickings in the high 40s. But I'll leave you with this, Moose, and I I appreciate your time so much. I remember when Steven Jackson came in the league out of Oregon State, the St. Louis Rams took him this great running back, and he took 39. And part of the research was, he said, I want to wear 39 because there aren't a lot of successful 39s. This is 30 years after Larry Zonka, so 39 was very rare. I look at the draft. I look at either... Someone like this Bijan Robinson out of Texas or some of these pass rushers, if they came out and said, I'm going to make 48 cool, would you just th- throw a party and support that? Absolutely. Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree was coming off the edge. Of mm. So it's there. It's there. We're stuff. just, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, I would love, I would love it. And, and it's funny because you get into those, you know, who's the greatest player to ever wear this yeah. number in all sports. Sure. And you get into, the eights, the twelves, the twenty-twos, the thirty-twos, the thirty-fours. I mean, there's some out there. I don't I don't know how they decide on who the best player is that wears that number. That's the great thing about 48. It's it's me and Stephen Davis and Lionel Washington and Wes yeah. Hopkins and Gerald Ford and John Ritchie. I mean, there's a handful of us in football. Um, and I, I think it was I think baseball. I think it's it's there's pretty there's a pretty good group in baseball there's a few. that is worn it as yeah. well. So it's yeah, it's one of those ones where you know, you, you got a good shot. You got a good shot making somebody's list as one of the, you know, the better players to have worn 48. Ladies and gentlemen, an entire conversation about the number 48, a reasoned, interesting, insightful conversation. Moose, I can't thank you enough. I, I just hope our next talk is not when I do a list of the worst animals and have the moose at number one. Ooh, boy. That'd be... <laughs> I won't go there. Uh, he's, he's a gentleman. He's 48. He represents the nation proudly. Daryl, thank you so much, man. You're the best. Yeah, awesome catching up with you, Cal. Have a great time. You too. See you later. How about Moose? I tried to say, you know, 48, I don't, I don't think that's going to be a good year. 48 years old. Oh, it was, oh, it was a great year. And I'll tell you why. It was at the Super Bowl, and it was this number and this number. He went that numerology stuff. I love him. Class act. I'm starting to see 48 differently now. But I like Moose, and I like when he wears it. I also like throwing a dart. Let's go to Skycam. We end the show the same way every day. There's uh, 20 randomly generated topics that I have not previewed or prepared for. Whatever number I hit on the dartboard, I will respond to one of those topics. Today's number is number nine. Up in that upper left corner, about 10 o'clock on the dartboard. Topic number nine is favorite Star Wars character. That's a good question. I don't have an immediate answer. I think when I was in high school... I think it was Boba Fett because there was such a mystery about Boba Fett and it was all the same thing. He had the coolest helmet and 
the bounty hunter. And, and I have to tell you, I think that all the now, the new exposure of Boba Fett has made him a little less cool. As much as I liked him showing up The Mandalorian, the book of Boba Fett series was not great. And in my opinion, they turned the baddest man in the galaxy into this sort of like soulful, sort of Jedi-adjacent, thoughtful guy who's constantly in the back of the tank. So I soured on Boba Fett a little bit. I, listen, Mandalorian's amazing. Um, but I, I mean, I think it's Han Solo. I, I hate to be so basic, but I think it's Han Solo. There's a lot of reasons I like Han Solo. One of my favorite parts about Han Solo where you really learn about him in episode four uh, when they're on Yavin 4 and they're about to do the uh, the assault on the Death Star. And they've just been briefed. And as these terrified, terrified rebel pilots are going to take their, their X-Wings and their Y-Wings, etc. And they're almost all of them are going to their death and they know it. Then Death Star assault is almost certain death. They're going in this very noble way to their their, their jets so they can give their life for the cause. They're walking right past Han Solo as he is physically loading cases of money onto the Falcon. It's, it's completely distasteful. It, it, like just giant boxes of money that he gave for the reward for rescuing Princess Leia. There's no discretion. He's not trying to hide it. Yeah, good luck with your proton torpedo, whatchamacallit. Hand me that, la that last case of money, Chewie. We gotta get out of here. I got some old debts I wanna pay off with this stuff. Yeah, whatever. Or I wanna go to the local casino. It's a ruthless move by Solo. It's not supportive of the military or the cause. Now he redeems himself. Comes in late after everybody's been torn to pieces and killed and gets a cheap shot on Darth Vader when he's not in any danger. But that's his style. He's a rogue! That's Solo. He's my favorite character. Guys, you guys are my favorite audience. Love you for joining me here in the basement. Thank you to Daryl Johnston. Love you, number 48. Everybody like, subscribe, share, tweet, post, Insta, TikTok. Do all that stuff. It helps the show. It helps me. And you help me just by being here. In the meantime, we will see you tomorrow. Exit through the garage. Close the door on your way out. Bye, guys.